welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and Midlife Career Rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey, Rebels, how are you today? I'm really excited about this topic because it's one that's really near and dear to my heart. We're talking about making the leap from employee to entrepreneur. Now, I made that pivot seven years ago and have never looked back. In fact, I just celebrated my seventh year in business last month. Thank you very much. And that's pretty amazing considering about 20% of small businesses fail in the first year and 51% don't even survive beyond five. So your girl's pretty happy. But this business venture wasn't my first attempt at entrepreneurial life. In fact, I've had about three or four side hustles throughout my career. You know, I was testing the water, seeing if it was something that I could do or even wanted to do. But ultimately, it's what I was meant to do. The writing was on the wall that I was meant to run my own business. Now, the outside work I did was exciting, and I loved it because I was able to do things that I enjoyed and do it my way. And I ventured into things that were related to a lot of the work that I was already doing. So I was doing mediation, consulting, coaching, and I even dabbled in retail sales. It was easy to try new things, of course, while I was in my employer's safe, warm, and predictable income arms. And with each venture into the entrepreneurial space, I learned something new about not only doing business, But what was most eye-opening was what I really learned about myself in the process. Now, eventually, I did decide to leap without the safety net of a steady income, retirement plan, or even health insurance, not for the faint of heart. But I did it at a time when it felt right for me, both mentally and emotionally. I think any other time in my life had I tried to just make the leap and not just play with the side hustle, I would have completely panicked. But the time was right. It felt right, which made me really believe in myself. I believed in what I was doing. I felt much more confident and really at peace with it. Even though I had a kid that had just graduated high school and was starting college and another that was two years away from starting college. Now, I definitely had some nervous moments while I did this. You know, it wasn't just all smooth sailing because I definitely took a leap. I didn't do what I often recommend, which is to transition or take your time or figure it out. I just went kind of cold turkey because I felt it was time for me. But if you know Eminem's song, Lose Yourself, which is one of my favorite, it kept playing in my mind over and over again. And the refrain is one of the things that really sticks with me. I still sing it to myself. And it goes like, you better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. You better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. And so while, yes, I've tried several other businesses, and this doesn't have to mean this is the only business I can ever do, I really took it to heart that, listen, go all in, lose yourself in it. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. It's your chance to blow. It's your chance to really get it out there. It's your chance to really make a difference and a change and step into what you love. 
right? This opportunity is for some people and for a lot of people. It only comes once in a lifetime. So whenever I need a push or pick me up, I still blast that song as loud as I can. And I sing right along with it. And particularly the lyric that says, success is my only option, failure's not. And I believe in that. And that's what keeps me going in my business. By the way, side note, if you don't have a theme song that just pumps you up and gets you going in the morning, you need to find one. Not just in the morning, but any time of the day you need to pick me up, I highly recommend it. I have a lot that I usually go through. This is definitely one of them. Music is really a powerful thing. Now, 2021 has been a record-breaking year for new entrepreneurs. I recently saw a report that said this year alone, 38.6 million people have voluntarily quit their jobs as a result of the Great Depression. Now, during that same time frame, 1.4 million people have started new businesses. That's a new record. In the midst of the economy, the pandemic, and the Great Resignation, more and more people have said, yep, I'm going to start my business. Now, the new businesses were overwhelmingly created by women and women of color and women who are over 50. Now, maybe that's not surprising considering women and people of color were the most negatively impacted by the pandemic. But midlife women are becoming what's known as the entrepreneurial superpower, as a Forbes article once proclaimed. Research has shown that 50-plus-year-old entrepreneurs are two times as likely to be successful as those in their 20s. And I believe there are two compelling reasons for that, and that's resiliency and experience. That's why I always talk about the power of the midlife pivot, because at this stage in our lives, we've honed our skills and expertise, we've grown our networks, we've developed leadership skills, whether directly as a leader in our organization or indirectly if we were managing up or out or around or managing in our homes. And we understand how to connect and build relationships, all skills that can really serve us in growing a powerful business. Now, for many women, we're also in a powerful economic position because we're managing the purchasing and spending choices of our entire family, including in some situations, our parents and our kiddos. In fact, according to a Harvard Business Journal, women now drive the world economy. That shocked me when I saw that. We influence 70 to 80% of all buying decisions in the world. But what's interesting to me is that worldwide, we're still only making 77 cents for every dollar earned by a man. Isn't that crazy? We're the powerhouses out there in the economy, yet we're still not getting what we deserve in terms of pay. So it's no wonder for me why women are quitting their jobs at higher rates than men, taking their intellectual property with them, thank you very much, and creating their own economy. And I am 100% here for it. Now, for those who aren't ready to make a leap, that means employment opportunities are abound. So even though employers, though, are doing more to woo people back to their companies, They're also doing more due diligence to ensure that it's a good and lasting fit, which means that while you may be in the market or you may be interested in making a career pivot, now's a great time, but you're going to have to do a lot more than just brush up your resume. But for those who are toying with the idea of taking their side hustle to full-time status, or if you've already made your corporate escape, 
there are some key things that you need to know to make sure that you get past that 20% fail rate in your first year and the over 50% fail rate in year five. Yes, you have the expertise, the experience, the connections, the know-how, but honestly, that's just half the battle, a lesson I had to learn. Actually, it's probably only a quarter of the battle when I think about it. Over the years of coaching new entrepreneurs and building my own business, I found that there are six critical pathways to a profitable business. I call them the six M's of sustainable business. So that's what I want to share with you, the six M's that if you are part of that great resignation and making that entrepreneurial leap, that you need to know and master so that you can have the success that you want. So it should be no surprise to you that the first and arguably the most important is your mindset. The pathway from employee to entrepreneur requires a different way of thinking, one that honestly we've never been taught or had to even utilize. It's a set of beliefs, values, and thought processes that will help you propel forward to success. And running your own business, and this is why I mentioned earlier that I learned a lot about myself, because running your own business brings up a lot of stuff. No matter how much of a power player maybe you were as a VP in your company, the vulnerability required of entrepreneurialism will send your brain into overdrive. Our brains freak out anytime we venture into something new or unknown. So expect to question whether you're good enough, if you'll ever make money, people will like you, are you worth what you're charging, on and on and on. All of the doubt, the critical self-talk, the imposter syndrome, it comes out a-blazing when it's all you standing out there, which what feels sometimes like 100% naked, (laughs) offering your wares. And when things don't go as planned or completely wrong, and trust me, girl, they will, your brain will give you a loud, I told you so, and you're going to want to quit. That's why as a new entrepreneur, you'll want to become infinitely more familiar with your thoughts and how they're creating your reality in your business at every turn. So mindset work and thought work is key number one in order to sustain yourself through business. Trust me, after seven years, I know. And like I always say, Rebels, it's an inner and outer game. So you have to be able to play both to achieve the success that you want. Now, let's move to number two. The second is mission. And this is about being crystal clear on why you're starting your business and the impact that you want your business to make in the world. Now, you don't have to have some altruistic reason for starting your business. You know, you don't have to save the wells or it doesn't have to be that. You know, that's not what I mean by mission. It just has to be highly and deeply meaningful for you, enough to sustain you and motivate you when the going gets tough. So think of it as your guiding North Star that will always lead you in the right direction when you start to feel frustrated and stuck and are like, what did I do? In addition, your mission may be what attracts you and attracts your market to you. Now, the one thing I want to note is that your mission is not the same thing as your passion, right? You can be passionate about cupcakes and champagne, and God knows I am, but that doesn't mean it's what's driving your mission, We often fall in and out of love with our passion. And as we grow and age through the lifespan, what held our passion and interest 10 or 15 years ago, it it probably dwindled over the years. And just because we're excited about something doesn't mean that we want to generate income around it. That could be a freaking nightmare. 
So there's a difference between passion and mission. So you want to get clear on mission and your mission is more about the guiding vision that you have for your business. Okay. Number three is market. That's the third M. And a business is not a business without customers. So who are you marketing to, right? Who are your people? Who are your peeps? Who are you going to sell to? The biggest mistake I see new entrepreneurs make is failing to niche down and clarify who they want to sell to. Initially, we all think we want to sell to everybody, believing incorrectly that everybody wants what I got. (laughs) But when you try to sell to everyone, you often end up selling to no one. So you want to spend some time thinking about what your peeps want, who they are, you know, what they're looking for, and if what you have to offer is enticing to them. It is so easy to believe your own hype when it comes to starting your business. I surely did. Everybody does. You believe so strongly in your mission and what you have to offer that you think as soon as you tell folks and hang out that shingle that you won't be able to handle all the rush of people coming your way. But this is often followed by an ego-crushing disappointment. (laughs) And it ain't pretty. Believe me, I've been there. Sometimes it takes a little trial and error before you can nail down your market, but the work you'll do to find your people, to really find your tribe, to find your market will pay off significantly in the end for you. It is critical that you nail this down. Now, number four is method. Now, now that you know your business and what you want to do and who your customers and clients are, you know your market, you'll want to get even more precise on what you want to offer them. So many midlife professional women will consider going into coaching or consulting. I mean, it's it's what I did. It really makes sense. It's probably the easiest entree point into a business because you have all this expertise and knowledge that you want to share it with the next generation or you want to help other organizations like yours or you really want to apply all of that brilliance to something and to someone else. In fact, I wrote a blog post about, you know, moving, changing careers and becoming a coach. Coaching is one of the fastest growing business sectors in the U.S., and it's also one of the least regulated. So it's pretty easy to throw up a shingle and call yourself a coach. Now, I have some thoughts about just throwing up a shingle and calling yourself a coach without doing a little bit of due diligence, but I'll refer back to the blog post and make sure that I post a link in the show notes. Now, regardless of what business you decide to launch, you also want to map out the services that you're going to deliver and how you'll provide them. That's what I mean about your method. When figuring out your method, you'll want to consider three things, what your clients want and need, what you want to deliver, and whether or not what you're delivering is sustainable. And while I've coached people on various business models, I'm most familiar with service-based businesses. So when I speak about the way I'm talking about this may be more applicable there than it is if you're developing or selling a product or something different. When you're in a field or industry where there's a lot of competition, you want to make sure that your signature system or program stands out in the hearts and minds of your market, of your people who you want to do business with. Okay. Number five is message, right? Message. This is why it's essential to know your market because if your message is muddled, your people won't understand why they should buy from you instead of your competitor. On my team, we like to call it your milkshake. 
You know, like the song, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, right? So your milkshake's got to bring all your people to your yard. You must have a solid and compelling message about what you do, why you do it, and who you do it for, so people can determine if they want your milkshake or not. This is what's called your brand, and there's a lot that goes into creating a compelling brand. We'll talk more about this on later podcasts. In addition to the actual message, you want to be clear on where and how you're going to share that message. Now, it's often quite alarming, (laughs) almost pearl clutching to new entrepreneurs when I tell them how much they need to get out there, to get their market out there, to um, to get their message out there about who they are and what they do. And if you've not had to promote yourself or talk about yourself, and women notoriously are horrible at doing this generally, or share about what you do, maybe outside of your organization, the occasional networking meeting, or to your family at holiday dinners, then you need to brace yourself and prepare to be exposed. This is one of the most scariest processes of this work, is putting yourself out there and letting the world know that you're here and that you have something to offer. Now, the final one is monetize. This is the sixth and final M. It's all about the money. And you may have wondered, when are you going to talk about money? Isn't that the most important thing to talk about, right? You don't have a business if you're not making money. And that's true. You kind of have a hobby if you're not making any money in your business. However, if you haven't worked through the first five M's, particularly the mindset issues around money, you are going to have some major problems, Now, I talked about money mindset in the last episode, so I suggest if you're on this entrepreneurial path that you take a beat and listen to it. I talked about how if what you think about it and what your story and narrative is really can impact how you charge, what you charge, and and how much money you actually make. So pricing is a thing that scares most entrepreneurs. What should I charge is usually the first question, the second question after what should I do? And pricing isn't purely objective. It's as much about your personal revenue goals as your clear understanding of your market. There's really no hard and fast rules when it comes to pricing. You know, it's not based on your worth, but it's based on the value you bring to your clients and to your customers. And it's critical that you see the value in what you have to offer. If you don't, you're likely to undercharge, which may sully the perception to others of what you have to offer, the value of what you're putting forth. And if it gets in their head that you don't have something to value, then that could damage your reputation and really impact your ability to make money and also impact your own self-esteem and self-worth issues. So your message and method should support your value proposition and the perceptions in the minds of your intended clients and customers. So there's a lot that goes into pricing, but it's something that comes after you do all the other work. And there you have it. Those are my six M's, my pathway to entrepreneurial success. So whether you're just starting out or after you make your first million, you'll find that you'll be fine-tuning and applying these success principles throughout the life of your business. I do. I revisit these yearly, annually in my business to make sure that I am on track and that I'm continually moving forward in the right direction. And you will too. That's what I have for you today, Rebels. I dropped a link to a workbook you can refer to uh, that outlines what I've talked about in the podcast. So be sure to grab the link in the show notes. 
Also, if you've been listening and loving this podcast, which I hope is true, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, a colleague, or anyone you think would get a lot out of it. The topics have a broad application and could prove to be really insightful to others in the same situation as you. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, have an amazingly rebellious week. If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rebel Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy. I can't wait to see you there.